Welcome to Spirited Reads, a podcast about the books we read, the books we want to read, and the way our lives are shaped by reading. We're your hosts, Madeline and Robert, and we want you to love what you read and read what you love. Fred Johnson will take care of it. Okay. Wow. What is... Fine. Greetings. All right. Yeah. Everyone, greetings and drinkings. And while we greet you, we're going to... Madeline's just going to break the Rosinante that sits on our table. And so... Fine. Uh, welcome to Spirited Reads. I, I'm, 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 I'm doing okay. I'm doing great. Rosie's been better. Um, I'm great. So you're great. Yeah, you're all great. What 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 you drinking over there? Whiskey and diet coke. Yeah, you are classy. Yeah, that's there. You go. I'm in. Well, the, here's what happened. Well, okay, I can normally drink whiskey straight. About to throw you under the bus, Chase. He decided we we're gonna try a new whiskey this month. That's a little bit cheaper. I don't like it very much. Is, by is, itself. It, is it this? Is it this? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's fine. It's just sweeter than what I normally it's like. That good old plastic bottle stuff. Yeah. It's sweeter than what I normally like straight, and so I have some Diet Coke with it, and it's fine. It's fine. Sure. That's yeah. what I'm drinking. Great. What are you drinking? I am drinking from the Boulevard Brewery here in Kansas City, the Fling Kila Paloma cocktail in a can. Speaking of Boulevard, did you know that Jennifer Hudson, I forgot her name for a second, she's at Boulevard today. I don't know if she's singing or performing, but she's there. You know, she, she has a life. She doesn't have to sing anywhere, everywhere she goes, but... She, okay, maybe she's just there drinking. I don't sure. know. She just was there and there were photos, she so I assume she was tour. performing. She could be maybe. eating a sausage and drinking a beer. Is that what she sounds like to you? No, that's what the guy with the sausages and beers is oh, like. Hey, okay. Jennifer. <laughs> Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> May I interest you in not singing? I've got some Wiener schnitzels and pale ales. <laughs> pale ales. So. Yikes. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Whenever you, if you're ever in town and go to Boulevard, ask for that guy. The guy that serves the sausages and talks like, you know, he's there somewhere. What's his name? Pavlov. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, In the Midwest. Yeah. Well, <sighs> you know, there, there was the guy that we met, um, and I can't remember his name now, but he was from Dublin. You remember we, we went and had our meeting out there? and It was so long ago. Oh, yeah. I just kept trying to get him to tell stories about Boulevard because I like listening to him I just to wanted to talk. talk to him. Yeah, yeah I get that. Um, I get that. Well, what are you reading right now? Um. So, I'm currently reading. Well, here I'm going to take the path into that. Was on a trip. Yes. We drove from Kansas to South Carolina. How long was that drive? Sixteen hours. Holy hell! Almost seventeen. We did it in two days. My bud. Eh, it was fine. We okay. we rented a swanky bougie van. I heard lots about the the 2022 Toyota Sienna. Yeah, yeah I don't want to get I didn't want to give it back. I wanted to cancel the credit card and just move. Um you're on the lamb with this minivan. So, yeah. It's my this is, I got him. We're good. Um but usually whenever we drive somewhere, um Amy and I will pick a audiobook to listen to while the kids have their headphones on. Mm. Cuz when they don't have their headphones on, we'll have music on. Um and I was able to finally kind of get her to the point where she was ready to start the expanse. Right. So we started up Leviathan Wakes and it was great because it's kind of some of the same stuff. Like whenever you were texting me about Harry Potter for the first time, Amy sit in the car. Oh my gosh. I think Fred Johnson's the big bad. I think he's just, I think he's just going to ruin this whole thing. And I'm over this next, I'm driving going, <laughs> and like there's a point which Amos just gets jacked up she, and she's over yeah. there. And they say something about Amos or Holden talking to Amos later on, and she's like, "Okay, good." Because if Amy's got, I was done. I'm it's done with. Revolt, I'm done with. Which these we books. all felt that. We all went through that. We just didn't express it. Yes, yeah, but it was good, that. and 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 it was nice because those books are long, and so they are. After we'd listen to it for a few hours, she'd ever, she'd go, "Okay," because I'm like, "You want to listen to music, or you know, if mm -hmm. it's getting like traffic's heavy around Nashville, do we need to switch to music instead of the book?" She's like, "No." Can we just leave the book on? <laughs> I need to know what's happening. So Amazing. Yeah. Um, and since sci-fi is not really her thing, it was nice. And so we finished Leviathan Wakes, and then we got um, a little over halfway through Caliban 4. What's so good about The Expanse, let's just Everything. gush on The Expanse a little bit. It is great for people who are not super into sci-fi because the first one and even the second one is 
enough low sci-fi because it's like this could happen in the near future like while i'm Mm -hmm. still alive this what's happening and the resettlement of earthers and belters and Mm -hmm. all that that could happen in our lifetime and so that's what's so interesting and then it and then it obviously escalates as you get further and further into the series the the sci-fi gets heavier and heavier and more well the first out there that opening trilogy is there's a lot of action keep you going Mm -hmm. because the first one and the first one's detective story the second one i had almost forgotten the second one i mean you have a monster on board right so you have a monster they're dealing with on on ganymede the big protomolecule monster thing so um and so those first three there's a i mean the pace moves Mm -hmm. uh so that's that's good and you don't have to get through a lot of wordy sci-fi jargon to understand what's happening and i like that a lot and i feel like it it ramps up so by the time you're in the heavy sci-fi you're good to go you're okay yeah Yeah. you're good to go you're committed to the characters you're committed to the books yeah Yeah, absolutely because also you have by that point a good enough cast of people that stay on earth right that are as as ill-informed as you are right so people can explain things characters can there's enough it's it's well done so we got through one, we got through the first one, but over halfway through the second one, and then I, um, while during that week, um, I burned through Love Lovecraft Country by Matt Ruff. Did you audiobook that one? No, I read it. Okay. I got it at the New Half Price Books. Okay, it was just there, and I grabbed it. Um, I'm interested to watch the show. It only covers because they canceled the show, so yeah. it's only one season, and it only covers the first because you know how like each chapter yeah. almost feels like a short story, which really threw me off. It's interesting. Yeah. It's it's interesting. Um, but it is only the first like up to the point where they get to the the mansion and he is kind of being sacrificed. That's basically where the show ends. Is that Oh, so the the show is just the first short story? No, 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 no. It's like the first five short stories. Okay. Cuz you get the one in space, which is amazing, oh, right on. one of my favorite episodes. It's it's very the show in the book is very like Twilight Zone esque, where okay. they not yeah. even Twilight Zone. Um, what would I say? I guess maybe like American Horror Story, where it's this a similar cast of characters, but they're self contained. So kind of anthology series, kind yeah, of. and it's really really cool. good. It, but each episode focuses on a different main character, which is really yeah. cool. I yeah. think you'll love this show. I love I love Letitia. <gasps> Her um, episodes are good. So uh, yeah, so I I got through that book. Um, I think I might have been expecting a bit more. Um, just reading wise or i guess quality of writing wise i think because i started with the show and then went into the book i was already in love and so i just was like i just can't wait to read about the story again and then but i can see those issues absolutely because we were in the we moved we drove down to the deep south i and i had talked about it in one of my reading lists i got off of libby because i had a libby run um i listened to midnight in the garden of good and evil the audiobook is superb. It's so good. I listened to that um, when we were in Arizona. Oh, yeah? Yeah, driving back from no. the Grand Canyon to Flagstaff, I think, is where we were staying at that point. I listened. Yeah. I remember the, that specifically. The audiobook was great. I liked the guy that read it. Mm-hmm. I had forgotten a lot because I read it in college. Uh-huh. And I kind of had forgotten that, one, Savannah is like the main character more than Jim Williams. And Absolutely. All those guys. But then also- In the houses. And what I love is that John Barrett, the writer, is like, I'm from New York. He gets his face like, this is crazy. I'm going to stay here. Yes. Yeah, and, and I like, just like that he's like, I could leave. And he's like, but it, it's just like everything he does. He's like, wow. I also just this really is fantastic. like that it's like, I'm going to go to a coffee shop and gossip with the old ladies, and yeah. that's how my story is going to develop. And I love that part yeah. of it a and lot. I've, I've been- I've been to Savannah twice just for a couple hours, like mm-hmm. passing through, and I've always wanted to go for just a little bit longer. I know, I'd like but at to the go same too. time, I don't know if I have the energy, even for like modern, like twenty first century Savannah. I still still think it would wear me out because I think I would. Love everyone it. there is so quirky. I think I would love it. Uh, it kind of reminds me of when we went to Key West, Florida, a little bit, where it's like almost like, um. Gosh, I'm blanking because I'm tired, but Mardi Gras, like where that is. like New Orleans. Yes, New Orleans, where it's like um, lots of street vendors and yeah. lots of, like you said, quirky people and people who are just living that beach life, but also very touristy, which is mm-hmm. kind of fun sometimes. And so I, I enjoyed our day in Key West, and I think I would do Savannah for sure. I'd like to go to the Keys at some point. Um, and yeah. Read, um, I mean, it was definitely very all touristy. All those Raymond Chandler noir novels that take place yeah. down in Florida. 
it was very very touristy but it was like they knew it and they were kind of mm-hmm. kitschy about it that's that's i mean we were in myrtle beach it was the same way yeah and know. they leaned into it it's like like how Brighton leans into their touristiness but it better because it's actually like enjoyable tourism do you ever, do you ever hear do you ever hear the old the old uh what, what i always heard you know branson is a is is the elephant graveyard from the lion king or just the meth version of Las Vegas. Yeah, that's where all the all the old all the old all the old folks go to that's die fair. there. That's yeah. accurate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, we spent a lot anyway, of time in Branson. I know, I've been I've been to Branson a couple times. Been to Silver Dollar City once. I mostly just watched the glass blower. Anyway, um, so finished Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Great. And also my beach my beach sitting on the sand read was interview with the vampire because we're gonna have our vampire. Are we episode. doing that this season or is that happening next? It'll happen season? in October. Are we having another Walter? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's excited. I love it. Um, and I, I know that's a big one, so I decided I needed to read it. Did you hate it? Oh yeah. It was. I almost <laughs> barely finished it. Barely. I, I. It was. I. Yeah. Vampire fiction's come a long way, and this one was rough. Yeah. And it. And also. And I'll, we'll get into reasons I. We'll talk about that in our vampire episode. episode. Yeah. A lot of it has to do with the rambling first person narratives. Hey. Yeah. Um, your favorite. Oh. And I was so excited because those those all take place like in New Orleans and things yeah. like that. But um I was talking to Amy's read all of them, like all of her stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's a second trilogy that's just about Lestat that's a little more she said is much more engaging. I love the story of Lestat, so because yeah. I like the musical. So um, but I'm currently Almost finished with the '90s by Chuck Klosterman, okay. which I am loving. Um, I'm listening to it. He reads it. You have to get used to his voice. I had forgotten because I've mm. read lots of his stuff throughout the years. He sounds like edit that out. I can't remember. I had the actor in my head that he sounds. He sounds like B.J. Novak. Oh, when he reads, but he's a little bit older. Uh, and then I'm also reading very slowly. Uh, Ballad for Sophie by Philip Malo, which is a graphic novel mm-hmm. that I got a while back and had gotten started. Now I've restarted it. It's beautiful and lovely and sad. And then my big book I was going to read, but because it was big family trip, lots of activity, and I wanted to soak. I am about ha- a little over halfway through The Daughter of Dr. Moreau, Dr. Moreau yes. by <laughs> And it's lovely, and it's wonderful, and I'm reading it going, oh, there's a lot of things you're going to like in this. I'm excited. There's a lot of Whiskey soaked in rough, and this lady's perfect. I <laughs> and there's a lot of he's an animal, but maybe he cares. <laughs> but it's good. Enemies lovers, good. I can't and wait. And it's in the in the Island of Dr. Moreau is yes. the setting. So it's weird and creepy. And uh one of the things that she does wonderfully is if you're familiar with the story, the hybrids. When she talks about like the people, like her friends that she's grown up with, you're like, yeah. oh, it's this these two kids named Lupe and Cachito. And you're like, oh no. Oh no. And, oh, then, no. and then every once in a while every once in a while, like the main character, uh Loti Carlotta or Loti will be she'll be talking to like Cachito and he'll, you know, scratch at the fur on the like under yeah. his nose. And you're like, hold on, wait, what? Wait, what the just what? happened? The where? She just like or slips some, it in really yeah, quickly. Yeah, or like I love she, that. you know, she like, you know, Esteban down in the village, uh, his his he had like fractured an ankle and she used to help bandaging up his long bird leg, and you're like, yeah. his what? Yeah. So I'm, I'm just probably about 30 pages in, but I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, there's a lot of there's so there's a lot of that. Plus, there's also the old trope, the old uh oh, there's yeah. there's there's new people in the area that yes. don't know what's going on. And they're you gonna know. think we're weird. We are. Yes. So it's ter- so far wonderful. Um, um. Also, so those are the in progress reads. The other thing I knocked out as far as acquiring books, um, the Huntress by Kate Quinn. I was yes. going to I think get, I recommended that to you, didn't I? You, uh, was it Diamond? Uh, it's her newest one is the one that you sent me. Oh, yes. It, Huntress is the same as that World War II, you know, yes. kick-ass women of World War II. Yes. It's an older one of hers. Okay. I was going to look for the new one, and I didn't see it. I think it's popular enough. You may not be able to yeah. find it right and away. I, so I grabbed that one. The Huntress is um, also supposed to be good. I, I didn't see a bad review for yeah, her. Yeah, it's supposed to be really good. Um, I got that from, again, our shiny new relocated half price books. Yes. Um, and then in the world of RPG reading, I grabbed the Cults of Cthulhu book for Call of Cthulhu. Nice. Yeah, because it's, it's an information book, not a campaign book, so no spoilers. Yeah. And then I re- and then I got the newest books for the RPG Vason. Nice. Mythic Britain and Ireland. And so I've been reading some folktales about 
Britain and uh, Ireland, and it's cool. gorgeous and lovely. So excited. All right, so what are you reading? What did you read? Um. Okay, what so I just get? finished. One of the things I did this summer, which has been an ever-evolving thing, is like comic books and graphic novels. And so um, we've been, Chase and I have been kind of reading some um, web comics. And so people, wow. okay. yeah, so people can submit mm-hmm. stuff and then they can get published from there. It's like tour almost, but for web comics. Um, and so this is a very popular one. You've probably seen it ever, but uh, Lore Olympics. And so it's a telling, retelling of, not a retelling because it's mythology, but it's Persephone and Hades. But mm-hmm. it's like this really cool, like graffiti watercolor style. Have I shown you a picture of it yet? No. Okay, hold on. I'm going to look at the picture real quick. We'll cut this out, but I want you to see it because it will. Yeah, because I am not. Lore Olympus. I am sorry, not, not Olympus. One of, I'm not of, I've heard of it. I'm not, I'm not of the web comics. So that's just not something I ever think about. Like it doesn't ever enter my radar. Like that's the art style. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, it's like a graffiti water style esque. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's really it's it's charming and delightful and uh Persephone is a cinnamon roll and Hades is not and it's hilarious and amazing. I, I enjoy one well and the cool thing I think about that art style is um when I messed during lockdown when uh-huh. I messed around with digital drawing a little bit, yeah. that that watercolor thing on it in a digital, I don't know, medium or palette is really fun it to is. experiment with. Yeah, and you can see the artists. And you don't have to wait for stuff to dry. Yes, you can see the artists so, really expressing themselves yeah. in it. So that's by Rachel Smythe, and it's it's really good. It has some modern like they text and stuff, and it's it's really enjoyable. Um, so I'm reading. I just finished volume three of that. And then I just finished. Is it like reading? Is it like reading a digital book, or is it strips? It's like reading a digital. Uh, like, is it on Comicsology? Do you know? It is on. I think now it's on Comicsology. Uh, okay. So, I mean, web like webtoon or web comics is like where people go before they even have a publisher, and then if they get yeah. popular enough, they can get a publisher. Yeah, because I I kind of so webtoon is where I so. learned about like that's where like Penny Arcade came yes. from, and yes. I like but those, but I, I don't know. Sometimes when it's just uh, like it's like individual issues of comics, when it's just this tiny little bit of stuff, I generally kind of forget it's there. Um, so because I'm so far behind, I'm able to read episode after episode. But it is they um they release their stuff weekly, and it's an episode that probably takes five minutes to read. So it's not a ton. Nice back. I, know, nice. I was trying to. Uh, yeah, that was my ambiance. So that's by Rachel Smythe, and then I also. Just finished, which I brought you to work, What Moves the Dead by T. Kingfisher. Yeah. And it's a small, quick, like, novella size, yeah. and it's a retelling of The House of Usher. And it has some serious Mexican Gothic vibes. It's yeah. very Gothic horror, which House it. of Usher is already kind of... Yeah. Which it, is, that's one of my more favorite of Edgar's, stories. Yeah. Edgar, I'm on a first-name basis with Edgar. I saw that uh, good old Al Poe. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I saw that at Barnes & Noble one day when I was there to get the daughter of Dr. Moreau. Uh And it was one of those... The cover art is... Both of these cool new hardcovers are cool, but neither one of them have the sticker that make it easy to grab two hardcovers at once. And I was was getting ready to leave town. I was like, I'm coming back to you, little little rabbit story. But it's okay, because I got it for you. I know, and now I have it to read. And it's so creepy. Uh... It's like a ooh, ooh, creepy, not like a I read horror. The, I read like the flaps, and yeah. I immediately was actually. I think I just as soon as I saw, like I like I think they said it's like a darker version of Fall of the House of Usher. I'm like, okay, yeah. I mean, I'm in. Thank you, Fall of the House of Usher. I've just been saying House of Usher. Uh, well, I mean, uh, good old, good old Ed. He knows. Yeah, he, he knows, knows what you're talking about. He knows me and Ed. We're tight. Good old Eddie. Uh, Eddie P. So I just finished that, and then finished the Lies of Locke Lamora by Scott Lynch. That's an I old thought, one. Is that the I one know. that you got from Drew, or is that one that you've read no, already? No, 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 no. That's when I. Uh, this is one we picked for book club when we did Heist, and because I, I feel like I'd heard you mention that. Yeah, because I loved several it several times. I the audiobook was really tough for me to get into because it um the way that he writes it's like in parts and then it's like chapter fifteen is three pages, chapter sixteen, chapter seventeen, and so the narrator and it's very time jumpy because it's current Locke and his chaos situation and then pass lock and so the narrator just be like blah 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 blah, chapter 15 then blah 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 blah. like that's how there was no breaks and no change in how he narrated between the two time jumps so it was hard for me to follow for a while so i 
gave up back when we did it for book club a couple months uh-huh. ago and I restarted because I heard great things and I really liked it. Yeah. It's, it's heisty. I have trouble with time jumps myself. And so that's it's kept me out of a few I probably things. should have just read it, but I just really yeah. wanted to audiobook it again. So I just tried again and I powered through and did good. I yeah. had to look up some stuff. Wait, what just happened? But I have to clear I have to clear I have to not really have many books that I'm messing with to go for mm-hmm. time jumps. Like that's one of the things that's repeatedly had me like cancel my hold on cloud cuckoo land mm-hmm. things like that that, that i one know is very and, and i know that they're supposed to be really good but right. yeah yeah so currently i'm reading um almost done with the tent of widefell hall i started that forever ago i was reading it sometimes with classics reading does not work as well for as audiobooks like i love to audiobook jane austen and bronte sisters i think if you can sure. get a good british narrator this is and I can just understand it so Wasn't much it, better. Isn't, isn't Emma Thompson reading Jane Austen stuff on Audible? Oh my gosh. She reads so, Northanger Abbey and yeah. it is. Why wouldn't perfection. you? Yeah. No, this isn't a way old. They haven't redone this one. This okay. is like the audiobook is like side two done. Oh. In the audiobook. I used to, <laughs> I used to have a thermos for yeah. recorded books that had a big cassette on it. Yeah. So books it's on tape presents. It's yeah. yes, exactly. It's that old, but it's really good. That one is uh it's it's again just kind of like a gothic yeah. kind of romance but also just thriller i mean it's the bronte sisters wrote which, those which sister uh Anne wrote Anne, this okay. one which they all write the yeah. like jane Eyre crazy woman burning down things and that's how this is too yeah i um, probably would we'd probably i feel like i could go to concerts with the bronte sisters i feel like we oh, would, yeah. well yeah maybe you would take some serious Maybe LSD not with them. I feel like uh, whichever one of them would like my chemical romance, which might be Anne. I, I would or Emily. Maybe Emily. I yeah. I couldn't do that side of them, but I feel like they have some. There's some good eighties goth be a bands. Next, a next topic we talk about is. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> what are these authors listening to? Yes. Yes. I love that. Oh yeah. We should absolutely do that with our enneagram one too. That'd be yeah. great. Um. So that's my audiobook. Oh sidebar. My... Sidebar. <laughs> Speaking of classics and audio, um, we have on our Audible. Rachel McAdams reading Anne of Green Gables. Yeah, it's fantastic. I love all of those okay. things. So, <laughs> okay, I'll put continue. that on my list. Yeah. Um, then I'm physically reading The Daughter of Dr. Monroe, Monroe by... Dr. Monroe. Monroe uh, by Sylvia. And, <laughs> and then I'm digitally reading Children of Chicago by Cynthia Paleo. Is a scary... Shocker, Madeline Turnipseed recommended it to me. So it's scary... The horror retelling of the Pied Piper. Which and, is creepy enough in its own and right. And it's like detectives in Chicago. Oh, like sh- 19... Nice. Oh, I don't actually know what year it's set. Uh, either, regardless, it's detectives in Chicago, scary time Pied Piper. So I'm digitally reading that right now. And the cover art is really cool. Look at that. See that? I like it. I know. I so like it. It's super cool. So that's what I'm reading. Have you... um? Have you been following all of the various um, posters and fan art and stuff on Sylvia Marina Garcia's pages? For I'm just all constantly liking and resharing stuff. Yeah, they, I just want so many of those things yeah. on my wall. That's the that's the music in Mega Man Two when you get your new blaster. So for September, it's almost September. It is. We hope you've enjoyed when women were dragons. We're gonna chat about it. Bye. Oh shoot! I have it. Hold on. Hang tight. Mm. We got this. We're so good. Kelly Barnhill. We hope you've been enjoying our book of the month, When Women Are Dragons, by Kelly Barnhill. Yeah. Coming up in September. Black. No. Hold on. (laughs) What's the title of the book, Madeline? No. Red leather, yellow leather. <laughs> I know there's colors involved. Black Leopard, Red Wolf and by Marlon James. Cover art's so cool. Yes, the the third book. Of, this is a trilogy. This is weird because we were the talking Dark about Star Trilogy. Yeah, we were talking about not doing serieses. It's fine. But we'll at least do the first one for book of the month, and then we'll you probably have something else. Yeah. And then if you like it, go read the other ones. The third one is not out yet, so Yeet. I know I know there's a lot of warning flags. Because I know a lot of people that are going, I'm not going to read it until we call it Martin Effect. Because yeah. I'm not going to read it until it's finished. Uh, but I'm I'm curious. I'm interested. I'm excited. It's a. It looks thick. It looks dense. I try. I try not to. Did you grab books based on like buzzword recommendations? Mm-hmm. And but I mean, when they, I mean, 
when I looked at and it said a Game of Thrones political fantasy set in Africa, I went, okay, tell me more. I will buy it now. So I want to go there. But yes. Also not. I just want to read about it. <laughs> yeah. So soon you'll hear us. We'll talk about yeah. Windrunner and Dragons, which was delightful. We, we got and a also whole episode to talk about upsetting, that. Upsetting. But got a whole episode to talk about Black it. Black Leopard, Red Wolf, Marlon oh. James. Get a hold of it. Yeet that book. September. You can just slowly bring in the music over that. <laughs> Okay, summer is almost over. Now, summer is pretty much over because while we're recording this at the end of summer, it's coming out in September. So, like, oh, we're, we're looking back on summer. Yeah. When does this come out? Post date is August 30th. Sorry. Okay, so Labor Day. Summer. Labor Day. Labor Day ish. So, let's, let's look back fondly summer. on the one of the better parts of this god awful hot summer that we've just gone through. Ridiculous. It's been toasty. I mean, it's been. Yeah. Now, one of the yeah. biggest issues, because I, I don't mind heat necessarily, but one of the biggest issues is not being able to walk the dog because um, his pawpaws can't handle the, the hottest. Got to get him some flip flops. Oh, some, I have some... a video for you of Remy in the booties because we had to put well, him in. Well, let's get that on the website. You need to get him some little doggy tevas. I put, we had to put him in the booties because we got our hardwood floors done about three years ago. Sure. And he just laid down on his side no he didn't even try <laughs> he was just like rolling over yeah hands in the air i'm done i give up my uh side side Amazing. side rant my aunt had this big old yellow lab when i was a kid that i loved and he was the best dog ever but if you put a sock on him he would lose that leg like it, that leg would just <laughs> cease to exist Aww. and he would just curl it up and yeah. try to su- like yeah. survive um so yeah that's... so yeah this has been a freaking hot summer yeah. which is has per me affected some of the book choices I've made because, mm-hmm. like, it's just sometimes I'm sometimes I'll look at something that I know is a heftier book. Like, you just like, me. like even all the light we cannot see. There were times when I was trying to finish that. Yeah, I'm like, it's too hot for the blind girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's too hot for the stress <laughs> that I'm gonna get from this little girl. Too hot for the stress. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's uh, like, I'm already sweating enough. <laughs> yeah, like there'd be times when I, I when I started listening to it, I'd be driving somewhere. It's like car's not cooling off. I can't deal with it right now. I can't do it. So let's put on some dumb. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I get you. Yeah. I totally get you. Especially by the end. I feel like by the end of the days, because they're so hot, you're just so worn out physically and mentally. Yeah. It's just exhausting summer. And so I totally get that. I I definitely I have I have lots of thoughts about my books, but I will say cool. one of the biggest things about my summer reads is I don't feel like I had one five star read this summer. Oh, I did. Did you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I had lots of really, really good ones, really close to five star reads. But using your grade, your grading rubric, would I give this as a gift? Not a ten. Oh, okay, cool. Not a ten. So I, but I'll give somebody a three as a gift because it's fun. For fives are fives for me are the if I have a limited space to take to my your, secluded home. Four, four fours are the fours are mainly gifts. We need to go back to our yeah grading fives, episode. No. Fours and fives are, can be gifts. I, mm-hmm. It's just one of those. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, five star reads. They're hard to come by. I understand that. Um, I. But for me saying, oh, yeah, I had some five star reads. I had like two. Sure. They're, Except they're, for going back and reading The Expanse. So like, right. yeah, I understand. So I basically, when I was prepping for this episode, I broke it up into books I loved, books I disliked, books I was surprised by, new releases I didn't get to, but I'm going to, and then just some ways I helped my reading habit this summer cool so you want to go back and forth sure great i'll go first my my point is gonna be fun because my my tactic is a, is more of a loosey-goosey it's been good to do like mine is more of the um because last summer we'd opened the cafe last summer was so i mean uh, this summer has been like a weird t- type of chaos last summer was that we're still figuring all this stuff out right before that it was locked down so this has been like a oh, it's been good to do this again. Getting back reading. into yeah. some sort of pattern, sure. Yeah, I get that. All right, so you begin though. Yeet those thoughts. Should I do all three of my? <laughs> Sorry, Robert just lost all function <laughs> just... of his mouth while drinking. Apparently, I thought my mouth was six inches farther towards the microphone. <laughs> I was going to meet myself halfway with my fling tail. Your fling tail. Anyway. Um. Okay. So. Three books I loved this summer, When Women Were Dragons by Kelly Barnell, sure. The Mere Wife by 
uh, Maria Dehaven Headley. Mirror, mirror. The mirror wife. What is what is how, what's mirror? Like how do you spell that? M E R E. Oh, like oh, like a mirror. Forty winks. Yes. Okay. As yes. opposed in, to sixty in, winks. Okay. Insubstantial. Like a small, insignificant mirror. Is she little? Me. Is she small? No. So it's a retelling of Beowulf and it's like a suburban paradise. So it's ah yes. Like you told me about that. Yes. Yeah, so Chase like, loves Beowulf. Yeah, do you like Beowulf? We've talked about how... Okay, he like... He is cute, isn't he? Whenever he, he doesn't so know what cute. he doesn't doesn't like. Uh, Got it in for that episode. <laughs> Wink. Uh, so it's told from multiple different perspectives, but okay. each perspective is like either first person, third person, or the chorus. Sure. Uh, and so the chorus is old women that are like suburban moms. And so they'll be like, the mothers have decided that this is not appropriate for our community like that. So lots of explorations of themes... Uh, like gated communities, gentrification, war trauma, and then the idea of like protecting your child versus letting them explore. And so uh, it, was, it was really good. We read it for book club. Is it written like a novel or is it written like a poem? It's written like a novel. Okay. Yeah. So it's her modernized version of it. Okay. And she's actually done a translation of Beowulf that is nice. just a translation of the poem. Um, yeah. But this is like her novelization of it. And so it's, uh, it it was really good. It was a little bit hard to grasp because sometimes, like, uh, it was hard to know whether because there's the mom and the son who's Be- not Beowulf, but um, oh, I can't remember his name. But he like you don't know if he actually looks like a monster or if it's the oh, mom. Grendel. Yeah, Gren. You don't know if the mom is, uh, nerve just worried about him being uh different than the people because they live in this mountain above this like idyllic town and then the other perspective is one of the moms in the town and she's going crazy like literally she'll just be talking and she's like oh yeah see that raw meat over there i'm gonna eat it oh like, nice. so she starts and you're like well is she the monster and so it's really it was really interesting and um obscure and it it was good and um just it was it was unique it wasn't anything i really read before there were times where it definitely felt like a poem like especially the chorus when they started talking it felt written like poetry um, so yes, one of my ones I liked, and then Ten Thousand Doors of January by Alex E. Harvo Harrow. I think I talked to you about this one too, where it's the January is the girl's name, and she discovers different doors that open to like fairy or Atlantis or Valhalla. Mm-hmm. So she can she just finds these doors, and they're just hidden places. It's like you're walking down an alley, and there's this blue door, and you walk through it, and you're all of a sudden in Valhalla or whatever. And so. She starts discovering these doors and only a certain amount certain people can see the doors. And then there's this secret society that's trying to close the doors because they're afraid of the people on the other side. So it's very much about race and um, immigration and all of that. And so there's families are separated and lovers are separated. And of course, chaos ensues. And she finds a book that allows her to reopen the doors and create doors. And so then they they're after her. Um, so it's it's really good. And there's it's like a very colorful and fantastical setting, but it's low enough in fantasy that it didn't feel like I had to learn a whole new world to get the plot. You know, sometimes when you go into fantasies, especially like you said, during the summer, I don't want to have to ingest too much. It was just enough low fantasy that I just could get get right into it. And so it's really good. That was an excellent. So those are my three books that I loved this summer. Okay. Three books you loved this summer. So, well, first of all, I mean, for me, it was, it was really good to restart the expanse. Because I've been wanting to do it for a long time, and jumping back in, getting through, getting back to the very beginning. Because I haven't read, I haven't reread them for a while. Um, so it was a nice refresher to get back to those characters I love so much. First of all, I got back into it's been a couple summers because usually in the summer I like to read some nonfiction. Got into some narrative nonfiction stuff. Um, Killers of the Flower Moon. Yes, David Grant was really good it was it was the writing on it was was almost novel like but it was also for me it was i haven't read uh like a true crime in a very very long time and mm-hmm. even though this is like the 1920s it's got enough like a gangster story to it it's really cool killers of flower moon i talked about it last time um because i had just finished it i reread for the first time since college d-day by Stephen ambrose which is a much thicker uh, book. It's got it takes a while to get through it, but it's the it's an account of the Allied invasion of Normandy, written wonderfully. Lots of cool facts. Um, 
And that for me was like my big thematic summertime history book. Because I always like a big summertime mm-hmm. history book. Um, I loved Into the Drowning Deep. It wasn't a five star. Okay. But you finished it then. I finished it before I left. Okay. Yeah. I think we might have talked yeah. about it. Maybe. I like I finished it the day I left. Okay. I like when I we went and picked up the van and I was listening to the last ten minutes on the way home. Um It's good. It's creepy. It was very to me, it was very original. It was really fun. Um it reminded me of Did you like the horny big game hunters? Oh, they were great. They were hilarious. I will tell you, it, it, for anybody that's read this, the part that creeped me out the most was whenever they get the cameras working and it's all the mermaids hanging out in the swimming pool with all the remains of people just chilling. Yeah. Because everybody had gone to the pool to like hang out. Yes. Because they didn't know it was an emergency and they just all got slaughtered. Yeah. Um, it's a lot. It reminded me though, like the scope of the story reminded me of back when I was growing up and you knew at some point in the summer there was going to be a movie showing up that you were going to, like it was going to be the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Because I read it, because I finished it right as I was leaving town, I was out swimming around in the ocean. It was on my mind, so that was fun. Yeah. Um, and That's I think like a true scary book or scary movie when it's like it yeah. stays with you, and you're like, I'm in this situation, and even though it's an unrealistic story, yeah, I still feel scared. And I really like, I like ocean stories. I like ocean creepy stories. You know, like because going- you just feel it, just feels helpless. Like yeah. it's like this is something. And as far as horror stories that I do enjoy, it's that lurking evil, overpowering elder things. Mm-hmm. And I actually will, I'm actually going to look forward to the next book in her little series because you know that it was also, it was getting to the end of that book. And and it's whenever, what's her name, uh, Tori, she's in the mm-hmm. water and she's, and it is like, and then she saw what was down there. And you're like, what? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then it got mythologically like, yes, elder thing ish. Yes. So, um, yeah, there was stuff in it that was, I don't know if you'd call it throwaway, but trivial. But I feel I still just feel some like kitschy, it was just some kitschy dialogue. But I still that feel I like love. it was done. Look, there's intent. Like I felt like it was not mailing it in so much as it was like, this is gonna be fun. Yeah, but, I mean, because the whole idea is half of the crew is a reality TV show yeah. crew. So of course they're performing and of course stuff is kitschy and yeah. weird and yes. Um but yeah, like I when I texted you and I was like, I wasn't expecting the poison damage. Yes. Um, oh that, my gosh. Yeah. But From then, the mermaid's hair. Yeah. But it From wasn't the their hair. Things, yeah. Yes. They and, had a and, whole other yeah. other beans inside of their hair yeah. that they were keeping alive and then those beans were yeah. And dude the the dude big game hunter is like slaughtering his way through the boat and all of a sudden he's like he didn't really he wasn't really aware of the ones that survived and then he turns around and behind him. It's like Yeah, they had just been like in yeah. cracks in the yeah. boat and because he was too brash, so he didn't see the ones yeah. lurking in the you So know. I really liked it though. I did um, too. It was it was just it was fun. And it took I mean it was long. It was a long one. I um the I have similar thoughts about lots of horror and thrillers. It's very hard to wrap yeah. them up a lot of the time. Yeah. And so I didn't love how it wrapped up necessarily, but I still really liked it. Yeah. It wrapped up the way it wrapped up in that that can you make it till dawn kind of story. Like you yes. know, the, the like the few people that come off covered in blood and guts and yeah. then and like the military and going, the, What happened? The shields open and yeah. they're all walking out arm in arm covered in yeah. gore. Yeah. Um, but it was I kind of like that doesn't bother me that that happened because I just expect that to happen. Sure. So um but like for kind of a pulpy, just fun book, I enjoyed it. I'm absolutely I thought it was a good time. But yeah, so that combined with some and I was reading that alongside some some pretty you know intense nonfiction, so that so was, was kind of a nice break. They were it was a cool thing to it was nice to combine those. Sure. Things. Continue. Um. Okay. So three books I disliked. Did you give three? You gave three. I gave three that I liked. I don't. I didn't really get my book. My book consumption was because like, I had gotten way behind. Yeah. At the beginning of summer, so I don't know if I well interview the vampire. But anyway, you go with your dislikes. Okay. I'll see what I have. So I read The Tattooist of Auschwitz by Heather Morris. I'm going to get some flack for this. I feel like so it's I was a, like, that was like, that's like a big deal book, isn't it? It's a it? big deal. So it's a Slovakian Jew that's um, forced to Auschwitz, and then he's forced to work as the tattooer. I don't know how you say it in German, but uh, he has to mark the prisoners with, and this is based off a true story, um, which I love that that idea of the like administration workers. Mm-hmm. In Auschwitz, and uh, not, I mean, because you don't really hear a lot of stories of the admin workers necessarily. You know what I mean? Right. And so I loved that story. I loved the idea. 
but it just was like the writing um there was no character development no depth of emotion like i couldn't tell you one thing about the characters like any character qualities mm. um there were not a lot of pros it was very much like telling versus showing like then this happened then this happened then this happened then he did this and the characters were all so thinly drawn that it made it impossible to understand any kind of motivation from mm. them and so then when you got into the fact that there was a love story he finds someone that he falls in love with and they're able to like sneak away and have these moments together that just felt like fakey and this weird like shallow Disney retelling during one of the worst times in our history. Okay. And so, and it's a true story. They did find each other and fall in love and then found each other once they both committed out of Auschwitz. Like that's mm-hmm. amazing. But it just was so thinly drawn. Like it just was, I don't know. I didn't love it. I didn't love the characters. Um, and the main character, especially who is the tattooist, he spends a lot of the time, like when new prisoners are brought in, commenting on the females' appearances, and so it becomes this like sexualization of the prisoners, sure. which is odd. It just I don't know. It was odd, but she does have two more books that are also true stories. One of them is about the woman that became basically it's again it's their perspectives as the workers in Auschwitz, and she basically became one of the sex workers which is not talked about very often either. And so right. I might read the other two. I don't know. It it wasn't great. I think the story was amazing. The idea of it was amazing, but her writing wasn't great. Okay. So second one I didn't like, it's called A Reaper at the Gates, and it's the third in a trilogy by Sabah Tahir. She's a new um, uh, author, and she writes ethnic characters, and I don't know her ethnicity, so I don't want to mislabel or anything, but... She's, she writes like ethnic characters. So it is YA, but it's very like a, a very nasty world. So there's a martial empire that takes over the scholars um, and they're all treated poorly, obviously. So one of the the main character's brother is taken. And so she starts spying on the empire by, by becoming a slave in the empire's um, like military academy. And then meet someone and then they both decide to basically like overthrow the empire. So the first one was amazing. Like this, was, I was like this new author. She's amazing. She was kicking ass. Um, it was just like this gem in YA that felt really new and original. Um, and then the second one was okay. And then by the time I got to the third one, it just was like, come on, wrap this up. It was so drawn out. So much conflict introduced for no reason. Just I feel like to spread the book out and it's going to be five books. And so I give up. I know I'm normally a completionist. Aren't you guys proud of me? I'm not reading anymore because I got to the third one and I was audiobooking it and I didn't care about the characters. I didn't really know what was happening half the time. I didn't, it just became like exhausting and boring, you know? Okay. Um, so didn't care for that one. All right. So my last one. Again, I'm going to get some flack for this one. I think this is an older one by Sarah Waters, uh, Tipping the Velvet. Have you heard of this one? Nope. Okay. So it's a lesbian period drama. Okay. I just hit my mic. Sorry, Chase. So it's uh, like an oyster girl uh, in the 19th century and she goes to a music hall and falls in love with one of the performers and becomes her dresser. So then she starts traveling with her and uh, they have an affair. So amazing story. Like already, like I love that story. I love the idea of it. But I feel like, well, first off, all the characters were terrible. Like she just wrote really unenjoyable characters. I don't know if it was purposeful, but there was not a redeeming person, like hardly at all. And then it just became so explicitly graphic, but it wasn't, not that I would like it if it was like enjoyable, explicit sex scenes necessarily, but it was just like very, I remember, I I basically didn't finish. I, I skipped through toward the end, but I remember specifically she goes to a point where she leaves the music hall girl and she starts becoming a sex worker, but she's dressing up as a boy. So she's like a kind of a dandy. And then she gets found out by this socialite older woman who is like, but I want a girl who looks like a boy. And then they start sleeping together and it becomes this whole thing where they like fashion this strap on out of silk. And it's just so explicit. I'm like, I don't want to read about this old lady and her strap on. Like, you know, and it was just, and it wasn't even, again, like I wouldn't like it if it was like sexy sex scenes, but it was just so explicit and grotesque and over the top that I felt like it cheapened the idea of, like a, like a lesbian period drama that would have been really interesting to read about women in entertainment and women 
having their sexual awakening in the 19th century. It had been really interesting, but it just really was about these like back alley sexual encounters. So it, and it wasn't very historically accurate. I don't know. It, it wasn't great, but she was like heralded for writing this lesbian story and people really, I mean, her writing is good, but I just, I don't know. It was over the top. I didn't, I just felt like it cheapened the story quite a bit. So those are your, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I could, I feel like I could rant about tipping the velvet for a while, but I don't want to, I don't want to rant. That's not what I'm familiar with. Um, No. And I just like, if you're going to set something in 19th century and it's going to be music hall, which is such a cool era and then have the idea of women who are battling against the patriarchy and battling against what's expected of them. But then it's really like literally just back alley hookups, nothing about them struggling to feed themselves when they're performing or, or having any kind of pushback for being lesbian. You know, it's just, it almost sounds like maybe the author, I I mean, maybe, maybe the author, maybe the editor, maybe the publishers got tired of, one story and decided to stick a second story in there. I don't know. It just, or like that we're going to make this lesbian period drama more digestible by adding a bunch of grotesque details, you know, you know, you always authors, you know, they'll, the story they tell is a story that they can't, you know, they, they're not gonna be able to make it through the next days, weeks, months without getting the story out. And it sounds like they lost track of one of them mm-hmm. and put something else in, yeah. which is, which is it actually a, a big issue with a lot of, especially in that 19th century period, like Victorian era stuff that, mm-hmm. that happens all the time yeah. because it starts out so cool. And then the seediness is not the seediness they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've had, maybe they're processing something themselves. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it was a lot. So. My dislikes are mostly, well, they're, they're pretty, I mean, uh, when we get to our vampire literature episode, I'll talk about why I barely made it through interview with vampire. It was not for me didn't like it at all there were books that i like i thought love craft country was good it was fine mm. like there was some cool stuff but overall i really wanted a full story out of that first one that first chapter was what i wanted to be the full book with atticus and george and Letitia driving up to the braithwaite mirror the first time i it, i got so derailed when that story wrapped up because i felt like it wrapped up too fast I feel like everything happened too quickly, and then it jumped into the second story. I actually had to stop for a minute and then go back and restart the second mm. one. And I never quite felt fully engaged again. That makes sense, because I felt that similar to World War Z. How I did, did you read that one? Uh, yeah, that was a long time ago, yeah. I really liked that book, but yeah. I felt very similar, where it's like, wait, I want to go back to three chapters ago to that yeah. story. Yeah, well, my, my experience with World War Z was I wanted, I wanted a whole lot more about the folks living like up in Canada and up in up north where the zombies couldn't move quickly because it was cold. I just wanted the one where it's the celebrities and they have the compound. Yeah. And they all go live together in the compound and yeah. they're terrible. I so, loved that one. So like Lovecraft Country, it was fine. I didn't I mean, Interview with the Vampire was definitely the book I really did not enjoy this summer. Sure. Lovecraft Country was fine. I will talk about it. I know I only I mean as much as I thought it was good, when Women Are Dragons, I gave it three out of five. I remember that. But I I mean it wasn't because it was, it's because I'm probably never going to read it again. Sure. It made its point. There are a few times when I thought it got a little repetitive. So that's one of my points. Um, we'll talk about this more on our yeah. Spirit of Shorts, but one of the best comments I saw about this was that it should have been a short story. And it already wasn't. It wasn't long. No, but it, it, was it could have. It could have. Yeah. It could. Yes. There could have been a lot less. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then I read, and then again, um, my other kind of low rating of the summer, I read this um, sort of current nonfiction called Down Along with That Devil's Bones. And it's simply three stars because, again, probably not going to read it again. And it didn't tell me anything I didn't know already. Sure. Um, it was it's, it, it's about white supremacy and the whenever all the Confederate monuments started coming down in cities in the South, um, there was a there's this weird group of gross people that. Hmm. Still think that Nathan Bedford Forrest is the end all and be all and sort of like this incarnate deed being. And it was mostly about his memorials and, and mm. the, the, the tearing them down. And so for me, it was more of a, it wasn't as much of a seeking information. And it was a, I'm going to read this because I need a little, I just, I like studying the Civil War so much. I need to make sure I'm balancing what I read with social commentary as well. No, I think it's that's just responsible. So again, 
The book's actually good. The book, if you don't, if you're going into it not knowing, and like if you don't know a lot about what happened in Selma, if you don't know what happened five years ago in Charlotte mm-hmm. at that protest, um, if you if you didn't follow the initial wave of getting those monuments torn down to begin with, it's a good thing to read. It's a it's good to follow. But um, again, there was no like that one, and that book actually it was superb. I just gave it three stars because as a reference point, I'm not going to go back and hit it again. Yeah. Three stars doesn't mean bad. Nope. Yeah. Um, three stars is, I'm probably not going to read it again. And there were parts, things about it that are going to, like Lovecraft Country, probably not going to read it again because I'm going to watch the show and then I, I'm going to kind of, yeah, it was cool. It was yeah. some cool cosmic horror. Yeah. Um, but, so I didn't, and also I didn't get through as many books this summer because it was so busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so most of the things I read were Quality. things I knew I liked. Oh, and Appaloosa is a novella. I gave it three stars because I've read it a few times before. And again, it's not an overpoweringly awesome story. It's just a, it's a cool little, all right, that was fun. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of my, not dislikes, but my not, not earth-shaking, mind-blowing things I read. Um, okay, so I don't know if you're prepared for this one because I didn't really <sighs> notice you, but three new releases that you're really excited for that came out in the summer that you didn't get to, but you're excited for. I can go first if you oh, want to get prepped. Just, you go first. I'll okay. get over to my want to read. Great. So Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabriel Zevin. So it's uh, these Harvard students that end up, it looks like making a movie, like they borrow money, beg favors, and before even graduating college, college they create their first big blockbuster. Um, and so overnight they become stars and then some shenanigans happen. And it looks really cool. The cover looks really good. It's got great ratings. I'm excited about that one. Okay. Um, the Paul Barrows Club by Paul Tremblay. He wrote The Cabin at the End of the World. He writes some horror kind of thrillers. And this one is about a group of students in this extracurricular club that volunteer to be pallbearers at poorly attended funerals. And so it's just like high school students going to be pallbearers, which is very interesting. But then he befriends this girl who goes to the funerals to take pictures on her Polaroid camera of the bodies. And so it's this very, it's very interesting horror, something sketchy is going on. So they, she just kind of becomes obsessive with it. And, I, and I'm excited for that one. So okay. this one I think you're really going to like. I don't know a ton about it, but it's called Foul Lady Fortune by Chloe Gong. Okay. And it's a duology. And it's this ill-matched pair of spies posing as a married couple to investigate a series of brutal murders in 1930 Shanghai. Sure. And so the cover looks really cool. I think you really like it. It does say it's YA, but I just, her other book that I read that was YA was a retelling of Romeo and Juliet, but it was the two like gang lords in Shanghai and it was kind of rough. So I think YA just means it's younger protagonists, but, um, and then this is a throwaway fourth one. I'm glad my mom died by Jeanette McCurdy. It's a memoir. Um, did you watch iCarly? You're probably too old for iCarly. Did your kids watch iCarly? Okay. So Jeanette McCurdy is a, uh, Nickelodeon star and she quit the acting business. Um, she had some serious issues with Nickelodeon. Um, it might be Disney. I don't know. Is iCarly Nickelodeon or Disney? I don't know. Either way, she's a child star. Nickelodeon. Well, I don't know. I I thought it was Nickelodeon. She, like she had some... She got hacked and had nudes released while she was still a next star, and that became a huge issue. Um, so her mom, her mom died, and so she's writing this memoir about the abuse she grew up with. And so, like when she was six, she was on like calorie restrictions, and her mom was dyeing her eyebrows and her eyelashes and her hair to make her blonder. And um, she had to do these like extensive home makeovers where they were. Com- she was comparing her to Dakota Fanning, and then. She was even showered by her mom until she was like 16. So there was definitely some like yeah, abuse that's gross. mentally and sexually. And because her mom wanted to become an actor, but her mom never got a chance to. Okay. And so now her mom's living vicariously through Jeanette. And so it's her first book. It's a memoir. And I'm just, I'm very excited about it. I think it's going to be kind of gritty and like play into the abuse of child stars. Cause she even talks about a Nick executive that sexually assaulted her and she brought it to her mom and her mom was like that's showbiz baby basically so yeah. uh i'm i'm very interested in that okay. so uh yeah those are my new releases for the summer that are on my tbr list okay. so i i went in i went into my want to reads sorted them by publication year and then reversed them so i got stuff i got three from may so I'm, I'm in the Great. summer 
I mean, I mean, actually, I have several, but I picked three. Okay. The la- the most recent one, though, um, that's not official on this, is that you, like, the other day sent me that book, Eaters. Yeah, does it look cool? <laughs> I was like, I was like, huh, okay. And the cover sure. looks so cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, I so, mean, it's really, that's the one where, like, you eat the book and then you get the, you get yeah. the power. No, it's spies, right? They eat the book and that's how they mm-hmm. learn information. It's so bizarre, but looks so interesting. Yep. Well, they read spy novels. Right, that's right. Yeah. Oh my that, goodness. Spy novels are a peppery snack. Romance novels are sweet, delicious. Eating a map can help you remember destinations. And children, when they misbehave, are forced to eat dry, musty pages from dictionaries. <laughs> so yeah, that's the book eaters by Sunyi Dean. Um, so starting in May, just because it's an it's a for me an obligatory shout out. Fevered Star by Rebecca Roanhorse. Yes. I am going to go back because I remember before. It, we talked about before this you we- got irritated at me. I already knew that I needed to reread Black Sun, Fevered Star. To her credit, just starts. It does not give you a recap. It just goes. And there's so. And it much. does start very quickly with a big political kind of scene. So yeah. I, well, and the characters that begin in Black Sun change they don't they're not necessarily the same people at the end of black sun mm. and so you have to remember who they were at the end of the story because Oof. positions change okay fevered star though second in that trilogy um next is uh this is a nonfiction. it's called the fourth man the hunt for a kgb spy at the top of the cia and the rise of putin's russia by robert bear he his robert bear is a former cia Officer that's written on the company, if you will. Before. Oh, I think I marked this as one to read based off of you yes. saying you want to read it. <laughs> uh, this is a, again, this is a narrative nonfiction. Um, this is a hunt for a off. It's kind of funny. So, one of the things that got me on this book is in the description um, in the aftermath of the Cold War, American intelligence caught three high profile Russian spies Aldrich Ames, Edward Lee Howard, Robert Hansen. I've read all those. Like I, I, I was like, "Yep, yep, yep, cool. I'm up to date. This is a new guy. I'm in." Right? Is it his first publication? Uh, I don't. Here, I have. It I know his reads. name. Can... No, he's written a bunch. Because okay. I've read "See No Evil." Oh, New York Times bestselling author. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, he can get a little. Yeah, because he wrote Syriana, mm. which was his big sort of controversial story. Anyway. Um, the Robert Hansen story is particularly fascinating, um, and it was a very good movie called Breach. It was just one of those things where, as things become declassified, the public is not necessarily notified. Authors can get a hold of things, and then they're able to shape a narrative that is new, because as years pass, that's when things are able to come out. So it's like, Aldrich Ames has been around, that, that's a that's an old, years and years and years ago. So like we're kind of moving up into like a post- end of the Soviet Union, post-Soviet Union age, where we're learning mm. these new spy stories. So I'm interested in that one. And then my third, and this is another one that's still on the like front-facing wall at Barnes & Noble, and mm-hmm. the cover is insanely cool. It's called Walk the Vanish Earth <gasps> I've seen by this. Aaron Swan. It's a time jumpy. That's okay. Time jumpy story, so just... I have to be ready for it. Oh, yeah, that cover um, is gorgeous. Yeah, but... Again, it, oh, in tradition of Station Eleven and Severance. Okay, I loved both of which those. I, don't, I have no idea. Okay, there, but they're trippy. But I had read like it's eighteen seventy three. A bison hunter named Samson travels the Kansas plains. Nineteen seventy five. An adolescent girl named B walks the very same plains. Like, it looks interesting to me. Oh, and the floating city above the down streets that were once New Orleans. Like, there's lots of little, little buzz phrases. Robert that make buzz me phrases. Go, Ooh. What? What now? Mm-hmm. Tell. What, where, when? So, um, and that one, I remember I'd started reading the flaps and I almost just started reading 10 pages of it one day. And I went, you know what? I'm going to wait. And also because of the time jumps, I'm afraid that if I start it and don't immediately get really into it, I'm not going to. Mm. So I'm go. that's, I'm a little more, it's a little more intimidating to me because I know it's, I know how the, the content goes. A fourth. No, I don't, not from the summer. I mean, I was like, because, well, whenever it popped up, that Kate Quinn one was much higher, but that came out in March. Mm-hmm. So going with summer releases, those are my three summer books to keep it, you know, in that window. What Good old you? summer. Or where, where, what's our next? Where, that's we, where it. we going that's, from there? That's summer, man. So we, we like some things. We dislike some you things. You dislike some things. 
I liked a few things less. Yes. I was more optimistic this summer. What role reversal? Yeah. Well, you just read that much more. Yeah. I do have an I do have a plan here in the next little bit, and I might need I might need maybe I'll get help from Walter, especially before the vampire episode. I need some like trashy. I need something trashy to read. Yeah, we need some Rex. I need like some just like trashy vampire stories. Yeah. Not trashy, like infuriating like interview the vampire was, but just like a oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. What what's happening now? I need one of those. Eat those Rex. Yeah, I bet yeah. Walter has lots of Rex. Yeah, for so you. if anyone and if anyone out there that's listening has some trashy pulpy ideas specifically geared towards vampires because that episode's sure. coming up for us yeah so and again i feel like why not i mean why not there's only so many real like original draculas and historians yeah vampire vampire fiction i can i i have a lot of grace yeah except for twilight so yeah summer is over we made it through like world breaking record breaking heat and I'm glad we made it. I'm glad we had books to distract us. And yeah, you know, thanks for thanks for listening and for reading along. This has been Spirited Reads. We thank you for joining us. Please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Additionally, keep track of the podcast and join the conversation at spiritedreads.com by following us on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and by joining our Goodreads page by searching Spirited Reads Podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us, we're on Patreon. Keep reading, and we'll be back in two weeks. Thank you.